Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be made acceptable in your sight. Amen. When I was a kid, I really wanted to be a marine biologist. To be honest, it started out as a love for penguins, but the more I learned about it, the more into it I got. When I was in middle school, I even went to a week-long sea camp when I was about 12 years old. During the sea camp, we did things like dissecting, which was super gross, and learning about marine anatomy of fish and all sorts of things. But the best part of it was all the time we spent out in the water exploring the Florida Keys. That was the first time in my life I really experienced what the world is like underwater. There's the gooey sea cucumbers, the crinkly coral, the shimmery schools of fish, all of it in vivid color existing just below the surface, below the surface of what would seemingly be otherwise a boring, endless blue line. Because of that experience, I learned to snorkel and then actually took scuba diving lessons just so that I could keep exploring the world underwater. Because once I had gone under that water, I had been transformed. My sense of identity, who I was, what I wanted to be when I grew up, all of that changed once I went underwater. Today's gospel passage tells us the story of what happens when Jesus goes underwater. According to the gospel of Matthew, this is the point at which everything starts and kicks off for the story of Jesus, too. For context, in the gospel of Matthew, up until this point, we have never heard Jesus talk. Everything we've heard about him up until now was about when he was a baby, born in Bethlehem, and then on the run as a refugee going into Egypt. This is the first time in the Gospel of Matthew that we encounter Jesus as an adult. Up until this point in the chapter, the one man we have heard from is John the Baptist. By all accounts, he is a wild man, living out in the wilderness, eating locusts and honey, and proclaiming this radical message that the kingdom of God is at hand and that everyone must repent and be baptized for their sins. John is proclaiming a radical change that is beginning, that someone is coming who will change everything. But even John isn't quite prepared for how radical Jesus really is. When we enter the story today, Jesus has come up from Galilee to the wilderness where John is baptizing people. And to John's shock, Jesus asked to be the recipient of the baptism. 
John himself has been preaching all along that when Jesus comes, Jesus will baptize people not just with water, but with the fire of the Spirit. And yet, here is Jesus asking John to baptize him with water. Again, this is the first time we have really encountered the adult Jesus in this gospel, but his actions establish a pattern that continues throughout the whole story. Jesus throws the old way of doing things out the window and surprises everyone and sets new expectations. So despite John the Baptist's hesitation, he eventually consents to baptize Jesus in the water in order to fulfill all righteousness. And then, after John has dunked Jesus fully under the murky waters of the Jordan River, when Jesus is coming back up, something miraculous happens. The heavens open up. The word in Greek here literally means to rip open, to tear apart like a piece of cloth. So the heavens rip open, and we see the Spirit of God, and we hear God's voice saying, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is a key moment. As one of the commentaries for this week's passage puts it, For Matthew, the importance of this event is not in the baptism itself, but in the revelation which follows it, which culminates in the declaration that Jesus is God's unique son. The important thing that happens in this story is that Jesus receives his identity as a son of God. So today I want to argue that the same is true for us. An important thing that happens in baptism is we receive our identity as forgiven, beloved children of God. Thinking about this, I am immediately taken back to the times I spent at sea camp. So I want to ask you, have you ever been in the ocean? Or closer to home, maybe you've been in one of the Great Lakes. Think about that experience for a moment. When you enter into a water like that, it washes away some of the identity you brought with you. Maybe it was the sand on your skin, the extra sunscreen you forgot to rub in, but it all washes that away, and then the water kind of clings to you in a new way. I can imagine when I'm coming out of swimming in the ocean, I kind of smell like the sea, that saltiness. I'm slightly sticky, it kind of rubs on you. So because I came into contact with that water, something has changed. This is true in baptism, but it's even more than just skin deep. The change that happens to us in baptism is permanent. Once you have been touched by the waters of baptism, you are changed forever. Maybe we can wash away or towel off the salty stickiness of a day in the ocean, but we cannot escape the God who claims us in baptism. Whether your baptism was a few sprinkles on the head at a font like this one, or a full-body dunking in a dirty river like Jesus's. Through the water of baptism, you are claimed as Christ's own forever. There's one more thing I want to explore with you about water today. When we go underwater, when we really go under the water completely, when we go deep, it's dark, it's scary. There is a pressure, a quietness that exists down there that can make us quickly uncomfortable. Yes, like I talked about with the fish and the sea coral, sometimes being underwater is delightful, but sometimes it's terrifying. Baptism is no different. 
When we are baptized as Christians, we affirm that we are baptized into Christ's resurrection, but we also are baptized into Christ's death. You cannot have one without the other. Yes, baptism marks a new identity, a new life. But the only way we come through to that new identity and life is by dying to what was old. This is when being underwater is so scary. If you've ever dove deep in a pool, maybe tried to swim down to grab one of those diving rods, or just dumped your head all the way underwater in the ocean or a lake, you know what I'm talking about. This is also part of our Christian experience of baptism. We are called to go deep into scary places. I hope you have heard today the words of comfort that your baptism clings to you no matter what, that the identity you receive through Christ in baptism is a permanent part of you. And because of that, because this should always be a source of hope for you, I now want to ask you to get a little bit uncomfortable. I want you to take a minute and think about where are the places in your life that you are being asked to dive deep? What are those dark and quiet places you must go through? What is it in your life that needs to die so that you can fully live as identified as a beloved of God? Thinking even as a congregation about some dark and deep places. As a group, we are starting to consider some things that will be uncomfortable. As we continue to grow in partnership with St. Andrews, we have to give up some of our old markers of identity. As we strive to be who God calls us to be in this time and place, we will have to let some things go. In order to receive a new identity in Christ, we must be willing to let go of the old. Are we ready to do that? We've been talking this year already about welcome, about hospitality. But just as Nancy shared with us, sometimes that means getting really uncomfortable. As we continue to listen for what God says is next for us, I want to encourage you to also listen and be willing to hear what we might be called to let go of as well. It's not just at a community level that you might be called to die to part of your identity in order to live more fully into who you are called to be as children of God. Think about those things that God might be calling you to leave behind in the water. What is it in your life already that has been washed away by the love of God? Through baptism, we are brought into God's own family, but it is not without a cost. Passing through deep waters will always change us. There, underwater, we find our true identity. And for that, thanks be to God. Amen.